again, maybe this has all just made me reflective on the fact that there are bigger things at play and things that are more important than just making your next sale. It's all about helping, right? And so I think the way I look at it is that the message of how we engage potential partners has to start with empathy. On today's episode of Tech Talks, we're talking to Mo, the co-founder of Carrot, an organization whose mission is to make every interview predictive, fair, and enjoyable. I'm going to be talking about how they're doing that and their response to the interesting change in circumstances so many companies are facing. This is Tech Talks, your twice-weekly technology podcast which features interviews with tech leaders and a bit of industry news. Enjoy the show. So today I am joined by Akish and by Ali. How are you both? Hello. Yeah, hello, hello, hello. Good, thank you. All good. Uh, so, so you know everyone's talking about mental health. I, I was in the kitchen uh, a few minutes ago, which is why I'm late for this, sorry. Uh, and I had the radio on and I had this guy talking saying that FOMO wasn't a problem now because we all know that we're in this together and because we know that everyone is in this rather shit situation together actually it's making it a lot easier for people to cope with actually that makes sense right it does if all my friends were out having a good time or my family was out having a good time and i was just sitting at home i'd probably get depressed but i'm fine now because i know everyone's sitting at home there is that thing, like, if everyone else was going out, it's, it's kind of like when you look at Instagram and everyone else's life looks fabulous, you kind of go, ugh. Yeah. And that's the whole problem with it. But actually, everyone's life is exactly the same right now, so why get stressed about <laughs> everyone's it? Everyone's Instagram has that, I'm bored in the house, and I'm in the house bored. <laughs> have you heard that? I, I have heard that. And also, it's, it's a new one. Everyone's now, it's, it's now gone to those challenges on Instagram. The amount of challenges I'm getting tagged into, it's gone from the kick-ups with the Louvre Mm. Then, um, then there's a footballer, Dave. You probably know him, James Milner. To mm. he's naming his like isolation eleven, so it's like a play on words with items around the house. Then it's gone from that to then earlier on this morning, I got tagged by a, by a mate who's trying to get a uh, a badminton, what, what are they called, Sh- shuttle cocks or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Trying to throw one of those into the packet off the the shuttlecocks and it's like he's like 10 meters away or whatever i don't know but all these challenges are now getting out of hand so i think have you got the push-up one yet no i haven't got the push-up one i saw you got tagged into the push-up one oh, i know I, uh, courtney just yeah. tagged myself and evangeline and a couple other people in a push-up challenge to do 10 push-ups and it's like all fair and good because courtney's like a cheerleader and has upper body strength but like Evie and I have noodle arms. <laughs> we can't do 10 push-ups. I'm sure you can. Mm-mm. Okay. I, th- I think Mm-mm. you should make a video and it should go up. So when you complete that challenge, it should go up on the Tech Talks uh, Instagram story, I think. Now that you've should I do that? that? I'll tag you guys in it. Uh, right, so... I don't know what link to do here other than we're all at home and carrots enable remote interviews. And so that's enabled to be done at home uh, as you're about to find out because Mo is their co-founder. I said founder several times in the interview and had to stop and re-record it. Uh, no, co-founder uh, of Carrot. They're a Seattle-based firm, but operate all over the world. Uh, it's right up our street, as I'm sure you will find out. But here's the interview and we'll be back in a moment. So on today's show, we are joined by Mo Bainday. You are the co-founder at Carrot. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, good. You've jo- you're joining us all the way from Seattle. I am. I am. 
So if you don't mind me asking, is it what time is it? Is it kind of eight to nine o'clock in the morning ish? Um, it's about nine o'clock in the morning ish. Yeah, morning just got started. Day uh, day just got started. Kids are uh, romping around upstairs. Yes, I imagine they are one of the eight hundred and sixty-one million children worldwide who are not in school at the moment. That's exactly right. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> terrifying statistics for God, parents out there. Yeah, God bless all the parents here. So yeah. <laughs> um, look very quickly. If anyone hasn't heard of Carrot, who and what are you? Yeah, in in a in a nutshell, Carrot has made interviewing a job. Uh, so quick founding story. Uh, I was prior uh, prior to Carrot, the the head of product strategy at Xbox gaming division at Microsoft. Realized that every company is hiring software engineers, and you know it takes a ton of time to interview engineers. Despite all that time, uh, it's no one's full time job to be good at interviewing. Uh, my co-founder Jeff, at the same time, was looking at this problem and realizing that most candidates don't like interviewing. And so we decided to set about and create a company fully dedicated to technical interviewing. So. We actually conduct all the first round technical phone interviews for companies like Indeed, Pinterest, Palantir, uh, and we mm -hmm. do it with a global community of engineers who we have equipped to be professional interviewers. We call them interviewing engineers. So if you don't mind me asking, just so I, I understand how this fits into the whole talent uh, marketplace, are you? is there any element of recruitment or is it sitting in between, say, a recruiter and uh, and uh, end client or just if, if an end client is finding people directly, it's, it's just focusing on the interviews rather than sourcing, right? That's exactly right. The way the, the model works is think of Caritas as if you had an engineer on your staff fully dedicated to interviewing. Um, and so we don't actually do the recruitment or the sourcing of the candidate. You know, a client of ours, uh, let's say, into it will send us job candidates to interview. We then have a carrot interview engineer that could be in any part of the world, New Zealand, Italy, the UK, uh, then conduct a live 60-minute interview of that candidate. Uh, you know, we've built different interview formats from backend to DevOps to machine learning. And then the client receives back a report, uh, including a video of the interview, a structured write-up, all the code that was written on how that candidate performed. And look, our mission is to make every interview itself highly predictive very fair, and also enjoyable. Um, it should be an enjoyable experience for the candidate. Um, and so that is where we fit into the uh, kind of recruiting value chain. So not sourcing, not recruiting, but strictly on the interviewing, um, and then kind of what comes after that. And the company LinkedIn page describes it as first round technical interviews. Um, is it always just first round? Or could it be the whole interview process? So that is very fascinating and very timely with the world we now live in, where you know everyone is going 100% work from home and virtual. Yep. Um, so I think two things. One, we absolutely do have clients that count on Carrot to be the fulsome technical assessment today. But the biggest demand uh, you know, I'm seeing now for, for Carrot and how we can be helpful is we're getting a lot of calls from both companies and kind of current clients saying, hey, Carrot, you know, as we now move to 100% virtual hiring, we don't know how to do that, but that is your business. Can you do more than just the first round 60-minute interview? Can you help us with the on-site, kind of the virtual on-site? So in short, Dave, yes, we are moving there pretty quickly um, and developing additional products uh, that effectively kind of simulate that virtual on-site interview. Um, and so we we are absolutely moving in that direction. Um, and I think, you know, tech companies in the world need us to do that, uh, given, uh, you know, kind of given what's happened and what's happening what challenges does that throw up? Because I can I can absolutely see how 
having an engineer being an interviewing engineer makes perfect sense because that is their that is their bread and butter i mean whilst interviewing might not be you know they understand the subject matter through and through whereas i suppose you know in an interview process traditionally you've got the technical aspects of it but then you've also got hr you've got people you've got all, you've got all of those different elements that come together so i suppose you're 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 breaking new boundary right we are. I mean, I think the way to think about Carrot is we truly are a new business model, just very similar to cloud. You know, everyone used to have private data centers and then Amazon Web Services came along and said, look, we're actually going to create a shared infrastructure for hosting your data. And, you know, that was pretty breakthrough now, you know, seven, 10 years ago. Carrot's very similar, right? I think it is a new business model paradigm. Um, and so, you know, you asked about opportunities and challenges with that. You know, of course, you know, it, it can take time to kind of get a new paradigm going. But I think the value of having a model of dedicated expertise to something that's very important. You know, I think the way I look at it is after your health and safety and your loved ones, you know, your job is up there uh, in terms of what matters in, in life. And interviews are the thing that connect people to jobs. Um, and so honestly, uh, I think it was a little crazy to me that it wasn't professionalized already. Um, and so we've kind of, you know, we've really gone about saying we're going to make this a discipline and a craft and a science. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that, that's kind of uh, the, the mantra of the company, if you will. It's, it's funny. It is timely because obviously there's a huge amount of organizations that have been thrust into remote working when they they possibly have been talking about it for a long time, but have never really made the step. And uh, I was having a conversation with some colleagues, I think it was either earlier today or yesterday about, well, how do we get how do we kind of do a final stage when it comes to a virtual interview? Because that is so traditionally wrapped up in the kind of the touchy feely piece that 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 must be quite difficult to replicate virtually, right? It is. In some ways, you know, my encouragement, you know, clients have been kind of calling in and asking, how do we do this? Right. And, you know, I think a couple kind of things we've stated back, which is to maybe see this all as an opportunity and to kind of see the silver lining in it, right? We're all kind of traditionally used to, Dave, you know, I mean, ironically, you know, you're kind of interviewing me now, you know, it could be an ad hoc interaction. Um, it's in person, typically. Um, when you're virtual, you actually, you know, the word that I think about is you just have to be that much more intentional about every aspect of the interview, intentional about how to put the candidate ease and, and make it actually feel like a real human interaction uh, versus something else. You have to be intentional about what competencies you're actually really assessing for on the job. Um, you have to be intentional about how you're actually going to conduct the interview. You know, when do you give a hint? When do you not give a hint? What questions are appropriate to ask? What questions are not? What's going to give you the most signal? Um, how do you think about the scoring behind that? And so in some ways, you know, when I step back on all of this, you know, my hope is that once the, the world is clear of of COVID-19 and we've kind of moved beyond and, and perhaps gone back to, you know, some of our old ways, you know, my sincere hope is that the things that we've now been challenged to do as companies, as leaders to, to interview better, I think those will carry through. And so I think some of it is, you know, some of those old practices may not have been, you know, may not have been the best. There's, there's a ton of literature and problems out there with traditional interviewing. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited to see how companies and teams adapt uh, given the need to be more intentional. Now we have got a whole raft of people working from home and um, that that might not be used to it. And you, you, we kind of joked about the fact that your your kids are at home at the moment. They are, um, and people are going to be faced with a slightly new working environment, one that they're not used to. How how do you feel that a 
technology organizations that you're working with are, are kind of coping with that, but also your own workforce? Because is, is this the first time that you've been as remote as you are now, or, or is this kind of where your business already was? Yeah, I'll answer both questions. So one on kind of work from home productivity. Uh, you know, look, I mean, work from home productivity, it matters now more than ever. You know, our mantra at the company has been do more with less, right? So if we all work less hours, you know, just because you have other things that are now occupying your day, how do you achieve the same, if not more? And I think it's possible. If I had to reflect back on my last two weeks, I am doing more with less every day. And I think for every tech company out there, specifically with developer time, developer time on code, developer productivity, it's going to matter now more than ever. You know, um, how is it? How are your developers spending each hour of that day? If they're conducting an interview, in what environment and how are they going to do that? And how we create, how do we make it socially acceptable that if, you know, if your kid runs in on an interview, that's fine. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the narrative on the work from home side, which is productivity and measuring that. Um, I would encourage kind of any business leader or technology leader or CTO to really look at that for their team. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Carrot, it's been really interesting. You know, I've been reflecting you know, maybe this, all this stuff happening in the world has just made me more reflective. And in some ways, you know, we've created a job that is all about work from home, right? All of our interview engineers, the, the, you know, the hundreds that are across the world, they are work from home. You know, we have engineers in Italy, we have engineers in New Zealand, uh, interview engineers in the UK. And I think one of the things that, you know, has given me, frankly, on a personal level, more meaning is the idea that, okay, um, as an engineer, you can work from home and be highly productive and frankly contribute meaningfully to the world from your house. Um, and so, you know, the way I look at our business is we've already been virtual. Um, now, if you look at kind of the, our kind of core base of employees, about 40% of them are already virtual as well. Um, and I'll tell you this, Dave, I've been trying to learn as much as I can from, you know, uh, the, the, the folks in our company who have been remote already. We've we do kind of a Friday town hall session now as a company where we just trade notes and talk about things. And, you know, one of the questions I pose to my team is, how do I set up my desk and how do I, you know, set up my home office? Um, I haven't had to do that before. And, you know, the 40% of folks that are already remote had tons of ideas. So, you know, honestly, Dave, I'm learning every day and trying again to see the opportunity in all of this and focusing again on being more intentional and being more productive. In terms of that productivity piece, then, how how do you get yourself ready for work in the morning? How do you, um, I mean, you don't have a commute anymore to mentally prepare. And at the same time, you switch off your laptop at the end of the day and you're home immediately. So I suppose that off, off, offers up some opportunities on a personal level. Totally. So I am, first of all, I'm a morning person. I kind of like like to joke that, you know, maybe my my mind or brain decays over the day. So, you, you know, <laughs> it's probably good you're chatting with me here in the morning. So I this whole experience and what we're all going through, which is frankly, again, bigger than Carrot, bigger than myself, bigger than you, um, it's forced me to rethink my day, right? So I now wake up even earlier. Um, I do a lot of my individual work for Carrot in the morning. Um, I I do a little bit of meditation as well. And then from 8 to 9 a.m. every morning, I've effectively become our home phys ed teacher. Uh, So I take uh, my two kids, my four-year-old and seven-year-old out. I get all the morning wiggles out. I run with them, um, you know, uh, and, and do some kind of workout classes. And so that's kind of my, my routine of how I start my day. And then, you know, I think one of my colleagues, uh, a woman named Portia advised me on something really important, you know, for the first week at work from home, I was kind of treating it as, Oh, I'm just going to work from home, which means, you know, um, I get to wear whatever I want do whatever I want. And, you know, she said, no, actually, Mo, you actually have to dress up and 
effectively train your mind is if you are going to the office. And so I've actually been doing that, Dave. I've been kind of literally dressing as if I'm going to the office. I've set up my home office to kind of have that professional feel. Um, and and it's honestly been a huge mental changer, right? When I come down uh, into my home office uh, now, I, I actually feel like, okay, I'm working and I'm going to be productive and again, intentional. So it, uh, it's, it's taught me some new things and I like learning new things and, and getting challenged. And so it's, it's been fun, you know, trying to find the joy and otherwise all the, you know, the, the stuff happening in the world. And I suppose the last point that I'd, I'd love to just chat to you about very quickly, you're leading a sales organization in many regards. You're going out and you're looking for new clients to use your product, but you've turned around to your team and said not to worry about selling right now, which it's a very bold message, especially given that this, this frankly, is a market that is ideally suited, I suppose, to you you taking advantage of the opportunity that's being presented. That's right. You know, I think stepping back again, as I think about our, our business, I look at Carrot as a kind of a fundamental paradigm shift in how to think about interviews and, and how to think about kind of how people get jobs. Um, and our message to the team, you know, to, to kind of, you know, my sales leader, and to the team has been, of course, you know, I want them to sell, but it's how you sell, right? I think in the world that we now are in, again, maybe this has all just made me reflective on the fact that there are bigger things at play and things that are more important than just making your next sale. It's all about helping, right? And so I think the way I look at it is, you're absolutely right. Our business is virtual hiring and interviews. We've conducted over 60,000 interviews. But I think that the message of how we engage potential partners has to start with empathy of, you know, what are you going through right now? And how are you approaching things? And you're still very much hiring engineers because every company, if anything, needs to hire more engineers now than ever. Um, but rather than selling interviews and rather than selling kind of interviewing services, why not lead with, hey, you're moving all virtual. How can we help? We know a lot about this. What can we do? And trying to be thought leaders. And, you know, my framework on that, Dave, is very simple, which is, you know, if you build a brand over the long term and you build a helpful brand, then the right customers kind of come by you and and want to engage with you and you build right, you know, productive long-term partnerships. And I think that is the focus of our company, right? I've got a long-term view on Carrot and my my hopes and aspirations for the company. Um, and I think now more than ever in the world is a time to lean in and just be helpful. And so I think that that is the, the push that we've given our team. And, and I'm hopeful that, you know, I'm hopeful, frankly, that we can be helpful. Well, look, it's a really positive message to end on. And uh, I really appreciate you spending some time today because uh, it is a busy time. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed your physical education classes continue to go from strength to strength too. I hope so. At least I'm going to get into more shape with all of this. <laughs> How many of your clients do you reckon would use this? I don't know. I think it would be um, majority like really heavy tech companies. Am mm. I right? We deal yeah. with a lot of really heavy tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is our job, guys. I know, but I'm saying I don't know if uh, I don't. I don't know. The corporates, the corporates wouldn't warm to it at all. No, which is ridiculous. Like banking, is, I don't know how well this will go down in banking. Like nah, banking, banking. Nah, they they won't have it. Which which is ridiculous. They're old school, yeah. Yeah, and and also this is such a good way to just get on, like get people onboarded quickly for yeah. projects. But I just think there's. I, th I think they would be scared to admit that someone or another engineer on the other side of the world interviewing someone An who's got nothing. 
Yeah, exactly. So I reckon they'll just be a bit a bit paranoid. Um, to me, it makes sense because for years it was that thing of technical tests and who set the technical test and whatever else yeah. and actually formalising it and, um, and having experts come in and do it makes yeah. sense. And the fact yeah. that it was set up by a guy who worked at Xbox in the Xbox gaming division and struggled to hire so understood the pain point it's that it's that classic thing with with all of these successful startups that we've had on the show of here's someone who just saw a problem and tried to find a solution to it and hey presto you got a business that scales Mm. i think the good thing about um i think a good thing about the product is it's a person or it's someone at the other side who's actually conducting the interview that is an engineer themselves so obviously they have a an element of understanding. I think there's been tests like this in the past that have been very automated. Mm-hmm. So, and then they've given you like percentile scores or, mm-hmm. you know, where you would rank in like the, the top quartile of everyone that's done the test and all that sort of stuff, which doesn't really give you a good gauge of understanding. But I guess apart from the, the knowledge and the ability to code or, or that's, I guess, what they're finding out in the interview, it may also help with understanding thought processes so maybe if someone's code isn't kind of what you really want or or what you were looking for but their thought processes are similar to what companies kind of follow or what that specific team follows then I think people are maybe putting themselves in a good light to get that job potentially will they be able to find out thought process yeah, but I think you could tell in terms of how someone goes around building code, right? It's not just the. Do you get what I mean? It might be, it might be how they tackle certain problems or. Oh, okay. Around yeah. it. Because yeah. there's a lot of because I've seen technical tests where they have to get through to a, find a solution to a problem, but mm-hmm. the test is, is the the test is faked because you'll never be able to find out what the problem is. So, so it's more about, about how they go about trying yeah. to get to yeah. understand. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, look, the product itself, I think to me, makes a lot of sense. Um, I think a lot of the stuff in the interview that was most interesting, though, was around um, his purpose as an engineer, you can still contribute despite being at home. I loved his admission as well around the fact that his mind or his, his brain decays during the day. Yeah. And that actually... The current pandemic had made him really reassess the way that he works and the way that he approaches the day. Because let's face it, we need structure in what's going on at the minute. But when we're in the office, we have a very arbitrary structure that's set by that institution in at a certain time, lunch roughly at a certain time, go home at a certain time. And I know there's flexibility within that, but there is a there is a loose structure that is imposed upon everybody. Mm. And he's here talking about well, there's less hours, but you can achieve more. You can do more with less. And actually, his day is a lot more fluid. And why should we all work in the same the same way? We we shouldn't. We don't all work in the same yeah. way. Some of us are better in the morning. Some of us are better in the afternoon. Some people will do better short sprints. Some people are better at sitting down for long periods of time and concentrating. I think this is this this could be something that, from an individual point of view, is a really positive that happens as a consequence of what's going on at the minute. Obviously, this is not the best way for that to happen, but it is going to accelerate companies' thinking, right? Yeah. And I think individuals are going to find out a lot more about themselves during this period. I feel like Mm. I know I have. I do need a structure. And there's a lot of tips and stuff you can follow. Don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm just letting you all know that. I think that we're going to find out a lot more about ourselves and the way we work and how we need to work. 
And but your what, structure isn't necessarily what someone else kind of deposits on you. Yeah. One of a better phrase. Exactly. I mean, <clears throat> Akish, you've been talking about the fact that you miss the office and you miss the social interaction, but mm. I'm 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 willing to bet that there are times you're you're noticing that there are times of the day where you're simply more productive than others. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think I think a lot of those self-made distractions that you have sometimes in the office or you know things that that you you think are important or that you must be doing in the grand scheme of, in the grand scheme of things they're not so i'm finding when i'm at home now i'm working in like blocks so it's like full steam ahead then you maybe have a you know a bit of a break relax a little bit watch the news uh, there's not much else apart from covid on the news at the moment but um yeah just just things like that really um but yeah 100% definitely more productive but i think um, he touched upon it in the interviews where now out of, I guess, out of just the way things have panned out in the world, a lot of leaders that were against or companies that were against the whole remote working, virtual working, virtual interviewing, onboarding, that sort of thing are having to adopt their ways very, very quickly. Um, mm. And I think they are beginning to now realize the real benefits of flexible working, of, you know, allowing people to almost with a certain element of control, but almost pave their own jobs um, or, you know, kind of what they're doing on a day-to-day or their careers and, and what they want to do. So it's about giving that independence, um, which is massive, I think. And and mm. like like he said in the interview, when we do come out of this whole kind of COVID-19 uh, phase um, and when things kind of get restored back to normal, I think a lot of companies will not be how they were three four weeks ago yeah you know so i think there will be a lot of change um i i can see our company being one of those if i'm honest mm. um you know to be to be completely frank um i know the ceo listens to this podcast and the mds um but <laughs> you know i think i definitely think this is food for thought um for a lot of business leaders um if not technology leaders um at mm. the moment i still don't get on board though with the whole idea of dressing as if i go to the office never I've never understood this. That's the one thing that he said. I was like, I don't understand. I don't need clothes to tell me how to work. I think I agree. I think it comes down to what kind of person you are. Like, Yeah, of course. The, like, like our MD, when we have a team talk or a team call, he, he still has a shirt on. And maybe that helps him get his mind wrapped around the day. But, I mean, for me to kind of put my heels on again, put tights on and a skirt, and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like I'm just at home I'll look nice what I have found helps though um when it comes to kind of productivity and waking me up is still doing a face of makeup yeah and it also keeps your spirits high looking good keeps your spirits high I don't know how you're shaving your beard now Akish or trimming your hair but it helps <laughs> it look good right I'm not I'm not the barbers are shut down so uh, I'm planning on just growing it out Let's see what happens um, <laughs> and, and, one, of, yeah, one of the guys was telling us um, on my team he was telling us every morning he wakes up and goes for a walk outside as if he's going to work and then comes back in the house and sits down that's and carries Neil, on with his day that's Neil yeah for me sorry. it's just been about um the, the clothes thing, not so much. I don't think I've worn a pair of trousers in the last <laughs> two, two, 
Not you're not like, sitting here recording in your pants, are you? No, no. I mean, work, I mean, work trousers or Cheetos or anything like that. I don't think yeah, no, I don't no. think I've worn that. I've just been in shorts in the house or like tracksuit bottoms when I'm, when I'm leaving or whatever, just comfortable stuff. But I think yeah. I think the biggest thing for me that I learned was is then this is a weird one, but like I used to have a delayed shower in the mornings, like when I first when we first started working from home. So I used to wake up, brush your teeth, do blah 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 but then not really shower until like 9, 30, 10 maybe or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then I felt that what I missed was having the shower first thing as if I'm going to the office. And then that would kind of wake me up a little bit. So You see, there's yeah. those little things that work for everyone individually. So you just need to find what works for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, I, and the beauty of working from home is I think everyone has the time and the kind of freedom to then find out what works, what doesn't work and mm. uh, is able to kind of sort it out. And look, one last thing that I'd, I'd mention uh, from the interview before we go to a break, I really like his point around empathy and how we approach customers, you know, leading with how we can help and being mm. a helpful brand. I think right now for every company, you know, we're all kind of in this together. It's just kind of putting a, putting an arm out and going, look, you know, if there's, if there's something we can do to help you as a business, great. And actually deferring we're building long to proper long-term relationships. When we talk about long-term relationships in business. This is an opportunity to really show mm. how you build long-term relationships where people want to talk to you and value you. So uh, yeah, I liked that message that he kind of delivered at the end. I agree. Yeah. I think it's, um, I, I, th- I think it was Muhammad Ali once said that you're defined by the person you are through the relationships you build during adversity. Um, mm. I think he said it whilst he was addressing some people, but I think that sort of that that phrase resonates now more so than ever, right? Where you're you're building the the, the relationships you build now will be there three, six, nine, twelve months down the line, but you'll be remembered for how you are during this period. Yeah. And yeah. I think yeah. I, I think I think he mentioned that he told his sales teams to not sell. Is is, is that right? I, yeah. I yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah, yeah. So I think that's massive because so many people. And I'm not going to name any, name any people or companies, but I have seen people try to capitalize on this and like during this time. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm just there thinking, blimey, you know, like. I, you know what? I also world. think that the clients know. The clients mm. know that they're trying to be sold to. They know that you're trying to capitalize on something really terrible. So, mm. I mean, if you preach that you're a relationship business, be a relationship business. Show us. Now's your chance to show mm. us. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it all goes down to the CSR side as well, isn't it? Like, what is your social responsibility as a mm-hmm. as a big corporation? Is it just a tick box exercise that you'll get 10, 15 people doing a half marathon at some point during the year and you put loads of pictures and go, oh, we raised some money for this? Or is dead, this? Yeah. yeah, but I think times like this is where you come together as a nation, as a town, as a city, as, as a collective um, and, and, and really help, you know, um, in in hindsight, what is so much larger than your day to day job or your organisation or, or you know your profit and loss line? I think with that, we will say Mo. Thank you very much for being our guest. We will go to an advert break and we will come back with a piece of technology news. Once a month, Tech Talks opens the Tuck Shop, a YouTube. Tech- 
Tech News Roundup, which is kindly carried by Disruptive Live. Disruptive Live is the UK's first and only 24-7 TV channel for the technology industry. Stay up to date with all the latest industry news by following our regular talk shows broadcast live across the Disruptive Live website and social media channels. You can also catch Disruptive Live at some of the largest global technology events, broadcasting from London, Manchester, Singapore, Dubai, and many more. Welcome back to Tech Talks. Bit of technology news for you. Zoom, the $29 billion video <laughs> app that you'd never heard of until COVID-19. Uh, everyone is using Zoom. It's doing incredibly well. And I thought I'd bring this up because we've actually been sent a press release by Zoom. We may well have them on the podcast soon. Uh, but hot yeah, Hotwire, their PR firm got in touch to say that in the midst of the global schools closure, they wanted to let us know that video conferencing Zoom have announced a temporary lifting of the 40-minute meeting limit on free basic accounts for schools in many countries, including UK, Canada and Germany, during this pandemic. With That's the free awesome. basic account, teachers will have access to unlimited meetings for up to 100 participants, as well as take advantage of tools including screen sharing, breakout rooms, local recording, non-verbal feedback and whiteboarding. And I thought, you know what? That's pretty good. Respect to that. Big up Zoom. I think that's, that's I very good. I suppose that's that thing of they're not selling. Mm. They're offering for free. They're being helpful. But at the same time, they're getting their products in front of people. And when this is all over, people will probably go, oh, well, yeah, I quite like that. And I'll carry on using it. So um, it's not totally altruistic i suppose but at the same time it is it is a good step right yeah 100 i think they're showing their value as well like in terms of the fact that they they've not just said oh we're making it free for everyone they're showing that look you know we know there's a lot of children outside of school at the moment mm. you know they, there's a lot of children that could not potentially you know they, they may be tarnished for a very long time they may not go back to school being the same person they may not go mm. back to school wanting to stay in school so i think for them to say this is our generation that's, you know, coming up in the next few years, we need to put some in investment in them and, and make sure that they still stay engaged with the curriculum and that sort of thing. I think yeah. it's, um, I think it's massive um, what they're doing and yeah, for schools and teachers, especially. Um, because for schools and teachers, it's great because it does allow them to engage. And also I think they it could curry a lot of favor with parents. So mm. parents are kind of like, Oh God, what do we do with these? Like, you know, it's all very well saying homeschool your kids. What have you, if you if you're not a, a natural teacher or you're not involved in education in some way, then homeschooling might be quite daunting. So if you hear that a company like Zoom are making it easier for someone's for your kid's school to engage with them uh, and carry on a kind of a full curriculum as best as they can, that's only going to reflect well and and yeah, as I said, curry favour with the parents as well. Hmm. Is it just forty minutes that you get? Not At the minute, you get a forty minute limit, but they're lifting. <laughs> We did it the other day. It said you've you've done it a forty. You've you've you. They give you more time every time. Every forty minutes I spent on it, they give they gave us extra forty minutes, or they say it's been uplifted, and you say okay, and that's every single time I've used it. I think it depends on the license and what I think Harvey Nash have maybe had to buy licenses and stuff. And I, I, I do know people, Ryder was using it on Friday night with his mates and they had to pay for a $12 license or something along those uh, lines. Yeah, but that's for the whole year, is it? 11 something for the yeah, whole year? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a lot, but at the same no. time, it's great that schools are getting it for free. Oh yeah, mm. definitely, definitely. Mm. So and yeah, I think, big yeah. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to become a little bit more strict with 
how many people are paying for it now? Because, I mean, they can't just give it to everyone for free now. Do you think? Well, they'll probably, you'll probably get you hooked on the platform and then go, come on, now, it's, now we've got to, you know. It's time, yeah. They've seen Ali and her friends have a, what were they, the Zoom dinner, what were you having the other day? Like, we, Well, we had, quiz, we had a quiz, and then I had a, yeah. a little dinner with my family over it. And I'm going to do my book club on there as well. Look Ooh. at that, see? Yeah. Committed customer now. And I haven't Super paid user. for it. I haven't paid for it, so maybe, don't know. Right, so make sure if you're listening, go after her. <laughs> <laughs> right, I will leave you to be. Thank you very much for joining uh, me on today's show. Um, and everyone else listening, have a lovely weekend. Do try and do something that makes it feel like the weekend. And uh, we will be back next week. Stay safe. Bye.